0: Situation. He took a pitch in the back, he got beamed for crying out loud. Heart attack. We used heart attack. Please. Managers on a major league baseball team! Don't make decisions! Credibility in this situation is worse than losing your job. Was it over with the traders bomb Pearl Harbor? The castration of the Major League Baseball Managers. We know it. Ask me about my winner! Chris Bryant was on the Chicago Cubs roster opening day. About books. My apartment smells of rich mahogany. Why don't you give it all or a majority of to the team that wins the freaking World Series? I was going to be that, but then I just carried on living my life. I may come out as the biggest
1: Major League Baseball manager apologist. That'll only make someone work just hard enough not to get fired. Because What's going on, everybody? Uh, obviously, a, a exciting finish to Super Bowl 57. The Kansas City Chiefs coming out ahead with their. Third Super Bowl win, and as you listen to the last show that I did, obviously not their third championship. They won the AFL championship as the Dallas Texans in 1962. Um, Just an exciting game all around, but one of the things that it kind of proved, if you looked at the adjustments that were made in the second half by the Kansas City Chiefs, their ability to move the football on a really, really good Philadelphia defense is you, you know, a question that I've asked for a little while, and all you're going to hear is uh, you know a bunch of bullshit answers. But there's no reason that Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, should not be a head coach in the National Football League right now. There's two openings that of teams that don't have a head coach at this moment. Uh, one of them is the Indianapolis Colts. The other one's the Arizona Cardinals. And where are they going? The hot shot offensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles did a great job under Nick Sirianni. Had a good game plan for the Super Bowl and the Eagles very easily could have won the game. Is about to get the job in Indianapolis. And their defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, um, with all due respect, he's done a very good job with a very good defense. The Chiefs did whatever they want. They scored every time they had the ball in the second half of Super Bowl 57. But... Once again, you're looking at the assistant coach, a offensive-minded individual, the offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs, Eric Bieniemy, still without a job as an NFL head coach. And Andy Reid's tree continues to grow. There was no problem with Matt Nagy getting a job after he was the offensive coordinator with the Kansas City Chiefs. There was no problem with Doug Peterson getting a job when he was the head coach, when when he ended up being the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, who won a Super Bowl after working under Andy Reid. What is the issue with Eric Bienname? And it's getting to a point where the NFL continues to embarrass himself in its handling of black head coaches in the National Football League. There's so few of them. And we're once again talking about another qualified candidate you're going to hear all this rhetoric and bullshit of why he's being passed over. He's being passed over because of any reason that you want to promote your all-white coaches narrative. And once again, I, I said when it, when it came to Steve Wilkes and him leading the Carolina Panthers to a 6-6 six and six record after Matt Rule led them to a 1-4 and four start, the agreement that was made, and it was obviously, obviously a bullshit agreement, by, by the owner saying, hey, if he led the team to some stability, which he did. You know, the Panthers were in the mix to be a playoff team when they didn't have anywhere near the talent on the field. And Steve Wilkes was passed over for Frank Reich. Now, no issue with Frank Reich. No issue with either of the Philadelphia Eagles' two coordinators. But what are we looking at? We're looking at a situation where a uh, a worthy black candidate is being passed over. And I just wish Eric Biennemi would get a job already. He'd either succeed or he wouldn't. And if he didn't succeed, he'd be like any one of these uh, dozens of NFL head coaches that were coordinators at some point, get a job, and fail. And if that's the narrative that you're saying is holding Eric Bieniemy back, why not just give him a shot somewhere? Why can't the Arizona Cardinals use him as their, their football head coach? Why can't the Indianapolis Colts, who seem to want to hire the Eagles offensive coordinator give the enemy a chance. Now, part of it's going to have to do with talent. You say all the time a, a good head coaching prospect is likely to take over a pretty shitty team. And that's what happens. You know, same thing in a draft. You know, you talk about the top players, the top college players that are available in a given draft, the, you know, conventional number 1 overall pick that is towering over all the others is likely to go play for a crappy team. But in the end, yeah, you know, the guy deserves a chance. The adjustments that he made, along with Andy Reid, at, at the halftime of this Super Bowl, were the reasons that the Chiefs came out ahead. They were down 24-14, and Reid cites it himself. You know, in, in his in his post-game uh, interview, he, he says, "Great job by Eric Bieniemy." There was some very good adjustments made by the Kansas City Chiefs. And all of a sudden, that number one defense, that great defense by the Philadelphia Eagles, which had been uh, getting a lot of pressure and it was causing a lot of chaos pretty much the entire season, looked very vulnerable. I mean, there was those two plays where they ran, ran the guy out in a flat, and the Eagles didn't have anybody covering them. They were wide open for touchdowns. So obviously somebody was looking at film. Obviously somebody was in there coming up with a game plan For the second half, and how many years are you going to have the same offensive coordinator for a team that's now won two Super Bowls? And what, once again, what excuse are you going to get that this guy cannot be a head coach, a head football coach in this league? And I hate to keep throwing the, you know, the, you know, the racist uh, narrative out there, but why can't the NFL accept? blackhead coaches in its league. Once again, there's still 10 or less teams in the league that have not had a blackhead coach. Now, a couple of them, you know, you're talking about New England, you're talking about Tennessee, you're talking about now the, the Football Giants, you know, even the Rams. You know, you got four coaches there that you would expect to be there probably as long as they want, you know, barring uh, something catastrophic ha- handling, ha- happening in, in regards to their performance. Mike Vrabel Looks like he's sticking around in Tennessee for a while. I think Brian Dable the same with the Football Giants. You know, Belichick, you know the legend he is, is going to go out when he wants to. And McVay, you know, in spite of some reports that maybe he was thinking about stepping aside, the guy's in his thirties, dude. Yeah, you know, he he could coach there. You know until he's sixty if he wants to. So I, I'm I'm not making it out like these guys should step aside. You know Andy Reid wants to coach the Kansas City Chiefs for longer. That's his choice. A two-time Super Bowl winning head coach. I think he's got the right to stick around as long as he wants to. You know, do I expect him to step aside so Eric Bieniemy gets his chance? I don't think that's fair to Andy Reid. And as much as I want to see Bieniemy get a chance because I believe he deserves it and he's earned it, you know, I don't I don't think it should come at the expense of Andy Reid. You know, the rest of the league is failing right now. There's coaching positions opening up all over the National Football League every single year. And you can't get the, You can't get this guy in to give him a chance. I mean, you're looking at situations where teams are only giving their coach one year. You can't give the enemy a year somewhere? There's a problem with that. Um, any, any of my takes of what I saw at Super Bowl 57? Um, a little surprised, in, in all honesty, about the, the Eagles' defense. And I think some of that has to do with The enemy and the Chiefs' play calling in the second half. Um, A lot of uh, you're looking at the Eagles and how they're going to be forgotten. And I was I would have said the same thing about the Kansas City Chiefs. The Super Bowl loser is very often um, an afterthought, forgotten very quickly and easily when it comes to sports history. And this Eagles team, the way they were constructed with all the talent they were able to put on the field at the same time, it's going to be very hard to retain it. And this may be a topic for another day or down, down the road when you're talking about roster construction, but sometimes you get one chance. And you're looking at the head football coach of the Eagles, Nick Ceriani, in his 30s. Obviously, you know he's got so many coaching games left in his career Will the Eagles be able to put a team on the field as strong as they did this past season? And I think that's something worth thinking about. Jalen Hurts uh, is probably the second best player in the NFL right now. You know, the MVP runner-up. Played that way in the Super Bowl. Would have won the Super Bowl MVP if the Eagles had come out ahead. Is going to be in for a big contract. And maybe the Eagles push it back a year or two. Maybe they play around with the franchise tag. You know Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie have been known to be uh, stragglers when it comes to paying big time players. They're going to take up a large chunk of the salary cap. But you may have seen, in spite of all the promise, Jalen Hurts being less than 25 years old, the coach being so young. I don't know if we're going to see the Eagles back here, and it has nothing to do with the talent that they have and assembled. That offensive line, which is one of the best offensive lines in the history of the NFL. Are you going to be able to keep all those guys together when they want to get paid? You know, the top amongst you know the positions in their league. The quarterback, like I said, is going to get paid at some point. You got you know, defensive players like Hassan Reddick, um, you know Darius Slay. Those guys are going to want to be paid amongst the top uh, of of their positions and their respective uh, you know, and and it, it's all going to take up a lot of money. And I'd be concerned about the Eagles and thinking that their best chance to win a Super Bowl was this year. And I'll compare it to what kind of roster you see them have once the season starts. Players are going to get raises and well deserve it. And how does that impact the cap situation? What players are they going to have to move on to? Um, Great season, but one that fell a little short. And one that I have a concern when it comes to them being able to retain the talent that they've had this past season. So as we get to this day in sports history here on the Past Ball Show, the Past Ball Show is the only show out there promoting sports history, saving sports history, keeping sports history alive. We go to the year of 1920. And a uh, uh, you know, pretty prominent thing happened in the world of baseball, and I think it fits right along my opening remarks about Eric Bienemy deserving a chance to be a head football coach in the National Football League. Rube Foster helped form the Negro National League in 1920, which was considered the official Negro Leagues. Uh, you know, From years before, there had been baseball played, uh, by black players organized together, but this one was, um, I guess, sanctioned by baseball. I don't, I don't, I don't know exactly how it, it, uh, it officially formed, but it's considered the start of Negro leagues baseball. 1923, there's a team called the Renaissance. That's the first black basketball team being organized, put together. That happened in 1923. 1937, the Boston Redskins moved to Washington, where obviously they would remain as the Redskins up until, um, what, about four years ago? They changed their name to the football team, and most recently to the Commanders. 1952, Rocky Marciano knocks out Gino Bonavino in a second round for his 40th straight win. 1974, Cool Papa Bell got into the Baseball Hall of Fame, one of, uh, you know, after dozens of Negro League's Stars were honored with the baseball's highest achievement. Cool Papa Bell got in in 1974. 2022 Super Bowl 56. Um, Very good halftime show led by Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, and Eminem. And it was the Rams, 23, and the Cincinnati Bengals, 20. Um, Some births on this day. Hal Chase, legendary baseball scumbag. You know, bet on baseball was just a dirty, dirty individual, was born on this day in 1883. 1919, legendary grambling uh, college football coach Eddie Robinson was born. Sal Bando, who we, re- we recently lost um, a couple weeks ago, passed away in in baseball, former A's third baseman, was born on this day in 1944. The legendary Mike Shushevsky. Uh, Longtime Duke coach, who just retired after last season, was born on this day in 1947. Toronto Maple Leafs dominant forward, Mats Sundin, was born on this day in 1971. And Hall of Fame wide receiver, one of the greatest to ever play the position in the sport, Randy Moss, was born on this day in 1977. This is the Passball Show brought to you by JohnPialli.com, by St. Iowa's Church in Jackson, New Jersey, by two ways, one Pastor food truck located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. We'll be with you probably in a couple days, talking about probably a little bit of baseball as we're getting close to pitchers and catchers reporting. I believe that's today in a lot of places. and Obviously, catching up on everything going on in the world of sports, saving and keeping sports history alive. You can check out the Passball Show on YouTube, Spotify, um, Apple Music, Amazon Music, any way you catch your podcast, just look me up. John P I E L L I. God bless you, and as always, i see you on either side.
0: Taters are going out there saying I'm either going to hit a home run or I'm going to strike out. And if I don't get a pitch that I feel like I could drive out of the park, I'm supposed to be here today. Especially prospect whores and hoarders are going to be a little pissed off at me when I say this. I'm a dude the dude, another dude. There are only two managers in baseball's Hall of Fame who have losing records.
1: One of them is the iconic Connie Mack, who you could say, in spite
0: of winning five World Series championships as a manager, could be in as much as a pioneer. Uh-huh. what side of the spectrum they're on. Were they pitching? Were they batting? If your favorite team was pitching and a ball got inside and hit a batter, there's no way it could have been on purpose. But if you were a fan of the team that was batting and a ball got inside and hit somebody or went behind somebody's head, absolutely 100%, unequivocally, that pitcher was throwing at them. Put their tail between their legs. Decided they're going to do exactly what they're told. <laughs> you damn well right. Better give him a contract extension. you damn well right. Better make him the manager over the next series of years. 35 years ago, I could have loaned your parents the money for an abortion. Uh...